0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Gulbazan Podcast. Uh, I'll be your host today. My name is Sina Sainian. Uh, today, again, as usual, I'm joined by uh, two regular panellists, uh, Pejman Pars. How are you doing, Pejman? Hi, Sina. Nice to be back with a new pod. Good. Good to speak to you. And also, we have Arash Eftekhari. Arash, it's great to speak to you. Hey, thanks a lot.
1: Good to be back here with you guys.
0: Cheers, guys. Um... To kick things off for this podcast, uh, we'll be discussing two topics very briefly that's uh, been surfacing uh, the Iranian football community in the past uh, few past week or so, and the first one is um, Sadar Osman's uh, supposed move to Liverpool, and we've heard it from um, a few um, sources in uh, in the UK. Um, that Liverpool have been scouting Ozmun very extensively, and uh, they're planning a a move for him uh, in January. You know, as as we've heard in the past few years, Ozmun, of course, is only 21 years old, and his performances in Russia have, uh, have attracted a lot of attention from top European clubs, um, most notably from Arsenal and AC Milan back in 2014 when he was still ruby Rubin Kazan. Uh, but this is something new and this link to Liverpool is something that I'm certainly really excited about because I feel like he can really fit into the way Jorgen Klopp plays at Liverpool. But uh, Pejmon, what do you think about this? Uh, these rumours that have been surfacing? and uh, Do you think there's any uh, substance to them? Yeah,
2: well, as you mentioned, there are only
0: rumours um, and
2: uh, I-, I would love to see him to play in another club or in a, in, a, in another league, because he's shown himself well good in the in a national team and in also he also did good in Champions League. But I can't see him uh, getting any playtime in a, in a team such as Liverpool. They have plenty of good players um, and a coach that is doing really good now. Uh, the only reason I can see him playing there is if uh, Jurgen Klopp uh, sees something special in him and then. Um, wants to use him as a as a player of the squad that could get some playing time. Uh, for me, I would like to see him in a, in a smaller English team, like, I don't know, um, Hull, City, Reading, um, West Bromwich, whatever. some team that he would might get some playing time.
0: I can see that happening in Liverpool. Arash, uh, back in uh, last January, there was... I mean, we heard from club sources to Sadar Osmond that there was a supposed bid uh, from Stoke City... Uh, Around six or seven million pounds, which was rejected by his club, and uh, from what we heard, he wasn't too keen to move to Stoke. I think that, to me, that indicates that he's looking for a, a bigger club to move to because, as we know, he's, he's he enjoys living in Russia. He's been there for so many years, and he's enjoy, he's enjoying his, his football with Rostov at the moment as well. So. How do you think this will uh, develop in, you know, in, in the next few weeks and the next couple of months? Do you think uh, if uh, the rumours do become a reality and Liverpool do go for him, um, what do you think his chances are of moving? And, and, and as Pejman mentioned, his, his uh, time on the pitch, how do you think that will go?
1: Well, you know, if, he do, if that does take place, like you said, you know, it's like we've been talking about how these are rumours so far if that were to take place i mean at the from the outset i can say that sounds great when you hear sardar ozmund's name with um when you hear Asmun's name in the same sentence with liverpool yeah that sounds great but my concern uh, my concerns were the same right when i heard i mean excuse me my, my reactions were the same as many other iranian football fans when i heard about these rumors and that yes it would be great but my biggest the, the, the biggest concern is that would he get enough time on the pitch would he play a lot because We've seen some Iranian footballers go to England before and things did not work out very well. I mean, Taymourian played at Bolton a decent amount of appearances under big Sam Allardis, but after that he completely disappeared under Fulham. He had, a, he had a decent spell on loan when he was at Barnsley, but we also know that Karim Bagheri only made, I think, one or two appearances for Charlton Athletic, and Hossein and did not do much for Leicester City in the championship as well. So, I mean, I, I like what you said. That if if he maybe it'd be better for him to play for a team that's a little you know that play for a team in the English Premier League where he'd get a lot of time on the pitch. But uh, yeah, with Liverpool, it just makes me say that I just wonder would he play a lot and you know would it affect how often he gets called up to Team Le?
0: I completely agree, but, but uh, yeah, from from my perspective, one of the things that's uh, really got me excited about move. I mean, as I mentioned, he was previously linked to Arsenal and AC Milan, and to myself, I just thought, you know, to those clubs, you know, if he moves there, he wouldn't get much of playing time. But with this Liverpool team, there's a lot of criticism that Daniel Sturridge, who is the usual number nine for Liverpool, uh, that, you know, he's received a lot of criticism for the way he plays, um, and the fact that he's dropped for for uh, Firmino, who's not even a striker, and I can see similarities between what Jürgen Klopp wants his striker to do and the things that Osmund does uh, for Rostov and for Team Mali, as we've seen, you know the way he runs the channels so well. He's got a great work rate. And, uh, of course, with the uh, well-known style of play of Jürgen Klopp's teams with high pressing and um, putting teams under pressure, I think he would really fit into that system. Of course, he might not be ready to start, but I think uh, if he does move to Liverpool, he'll have a great chance of developing into a striker. Uh, that uh, we all know uh, he can be. But uh, moving on to the next topic, um, Pejman, I know you have uh, something to talk about in terms of the, the uh, Iran beach soccer national team and uh, their performances in the uh, in the World Cup. As far as I know, they got to the they got to the final, but I wasn't really following the uh, the games. But uh, tell us a bit more about the performances, the results, and. Uh, how uh, Iran really overachieved uh, with, uh, with the results.
2: Yeah, well, uh, first of all, uh, it wasn't really the World Cup. Uh, it was what we call the uh, unofficial World Cup. Uh, in uh, Basically, the best team from each continent plays in a tournament in uh, Dubai called the uh, Samsung Intercontinental, Intercontinental Cup. So
0: something, uh, like I think a the... conf- something like a confederations cup that we have in football? Yeah, yeah, something like that, but uh, still, uh, 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 yeah, something
2: like that, basically. Uh, The World Cup, I think, is in Honduras next year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But uh, about the games uh, itself, uh, there there are really strong teams there, uh, such as uh, Brazil, such as uh, Russia, and also such as Iran. Uh, Iran have a really good beach soccer team with maybe one of the best goalkeepers in the world, uh, Peyman Hosseini. Uh, To make a long story short, uh, they managed to uh, win all their games in the group stage, uh, tying against Russia, but winning uh, on penalties. Uh, And then uh, beating Tahiti in the semifinals as well. Uh, Tahiti, uh, a team that maybe we'll laugh uh, when we hear about them, but they have a really good beach soccer team that actually uh, was able to win against Iran last time in the World Cup, so it was a sweet revenge. Um, in the finals, uh, Brazil, maybe one of the best teams in the world in beach soccer, uh, was too hard for Iran to beat, so they lost 6-2, but nonetheless uh, Iran, uh, besides getting the, the, uh, the best tournament, uh, The best goalkeeper of the tournament, they scored some amazing goals, uh, and they showed that they can very well uh, be a heavy title contender for the World Cup, so it will be really fun to see. And also, beach soccer is really entertaining to watch, because there's plenty of uh, really cool and awesome goals scored from everywhere, even the goalkeepers sometimes score.
0: So it's, it's cool to see. I did see some of the goals that Iran scored and some spectacular uh, overhead kicks there and uh, it, was, it was really great to see but uh, moving on to the to the main topic of this question, uh, as we know we have a, a huge game coming up on Tuesday um, Iran has to travel to Malaysia to play Syria and uh, for me this is a really important game, you know it's a game that we are marked as heavy favourites Uh no one really gives any chance to Syria in terms of getting a result but I feel these games are the ones that uh, we really put ourselves in danger of, of not getting the results that we want um, but coming to you Pejman, before we get into the, uh, into the squads and, uh, and the friendly that we played last week what are your expectations for this game and uh, what do you think the end result would be for Iran uh, I think
2: it would be a draw that's <laughs> Pessimistic side of me, but I hope that Iran will actually uh, win 2 0. But uh, as you say, these kind of games are always hard for Iran to play. So that's
0: the, that's my answer. All right. Just, well, uh, just to mention that the, the current season in, in, in Malaysia, there's a, there's a lot of heavy rains and storms, and I'm not sure if that will help Iran uh, in the in their quest to get the three points. But how do you see this game go? You
1: know, it's tough. I know sometimes I feel like I'm starting off with a typical answer from a lot of Iranian football fans. But I'm ready to say that it's going to be an extremely tough match. I know a lot of people are not giving Syria much of a chance, but you already saw that they tied South Korea nil-nil on the 6th of September only in front of 4,000 fans. They barely lost one nothing to Uzbekistan in Tashkent. I mean, they beat China in China. That's something Iran was unable to do. They barely lost, they barely lost to Qatar in Doha. And overall, I, I just know it's going to be an extremely tough match. The rain can have a huge effect on the game. I feel like it could be one of those very boring matches. It could be it could even be frustrating. And, you know, as in when it comes to the score, you know, all I could say is I just want Iran, I just want Team Ellie to find a way to win. It could be ugly. You know, but we all know an ugly win is better than an ugly tie or, or a bad loss.
0: Moving on to the squad, uh, the squad that has been announced by Kirirosh. There was uh, a few injury scares that uh, really certainly got me worried as well. And then there was the suspension of Sader Ozmoon and Essanha Safi uh, by the AFC after the incidents um, after the Iran versus Qatar game in, in Tehran which was really surprising to me um, for the players to be suspended. Uh, of course, a few Qatari players have been uh, banned as well for a couple of games. But uh, heading into this game, of course, we'll be missing Sardar Ozmoun, eh, Sonhoi Safi. Ali um, Zobain has been ruled out due to a, hand, a wrist injury. Um, those players could not be involved for obvious reasons, suspensions and injuries, but there was a couple of really surprising omissions uh, as well um who was Iran's number one goalkeeper for, for around 2 years he's not been invited and that was that was really surprising for me because I I thought that with Behran Band being ruled out we would see Hayri in goal but he's not been invited and Akhbari uh and we will uh, we'll see the return of Soshakony back into the uh, back into the frame as well um, so, Alash, coming back to you again. How do you see the goalkeeper th- uh, situation uh, for the game against Syria, and who are you expecting uh, uh, to start in goal for us?
1: Well, I would like to see Mohammad Reza Akbari of Tractor Sazi start in goal. I feel like he's the best choice for Iran. I know he's he's, he's the youngest one there. But I think he would I think he would do a great job for Iran. Like I said, I like to see him start, but I think it's actually going to be Mohammad Rashid Mazahari of Zobahan, just because he seems like he's been it seems like he's had he's played one more match than Akbari, and you know he's done a good, good job with Zobahan. I think Makani maybe could have a chance. He's done a he's been playing he's been in pretty good form with Dalin in the Norwegian First Division, but if I were to make a guess, I think it's going to be Mazaheri to start.
0: Pejman, I can make a case for any of the three goalkeepers to start. I mean, as uh, as Arash said, he's been in fantastic form for uh, for Sazi for, for almost two years now. He's come through the ranks. Uh, he's played at almost every level uh, for the national team. So it would be great to see a young goalkeeper really getting his chance and also Mazoheri he's played in a World Cup qualifier before. He started um, in the last round. I can't remember which opposition it was. And of course, Makani, you know, he's he's a bit of a character to say the least. But uh, he's been he's been playing really well for Meanderland, and uh, he's got him into a, a playoff spot as well in the Norwegian First Division. But what do you think? What are your thoughts about this uh, current goalkeeping situation that we have?
2: Well, I'm just glad that you're not uh, playing against one of the strongest teams because then I would actually uh, like to see a better goalkeeper, maybe bait on one. But uh, I agree with you also that uh, any of these three goalkeepers, they have a case good enough to, to, to play. Uh, for me, I would say Ahwari would be the closest one. Actually, uh, he's been he's been in the squad for a while now. Not I mean, a, sh- a short one, but, but he's been in the squad now for some time. Uh, I think he knows the the players uh, that he will play with better than both McConey and uh, mazahiri Although although Maconi have been in the squad in in previous years, uh, I see Ahbari as the best goalkeeper for the games against Syria. It doesn't mean that he will be the best goalkeeper. Uh, of the, these three uh, goalies that we have to choose from. But um, Akhbari, he's, he's done good Interacto for a long time, uh, for a couple of seasons now. And uh, hopefully uh, he will find a new club outside of Iran uh, that can help him develop. Because I can't see him really be, uh, be any better than he is in Iran now. Yeah. Uh, I think he can be much better. That's what I want to see. I think he can be much better than
0: than he is today. But for me, he's the number one today. Uh, of course, as we are talking about the goalkeepers, we've received a lot of questions on Twitter about this upcoming game against Syria. And one of the questions is from Aviation Iran, and he's asking for comments on Ali Reza Hayri's future and current role in Team Ali after Bayram performances. And of course, with Bay injury, this will add even more fuel to, to the current uh, situation with Hayri that the, the, the number one is injured, but he's still not been invited. And, and that, for me, really marks the end of his, his career uh, with the national team. The fact that he's been without the club, without a club since June or July and that is really, really disappointing to see from a goalkeeper who a lot of us thought after his performances in the World Cup he was going to go to become uh, or to fulfil his potential that he was, uh, he was showing in his early years in Iran. Um, what do you think, Alash, uh, of this current situation with Hariri and, and the future with uh, with
1: Zorbeiro van? At the moment, it's clearly favoring Ali Reza Bayon van he's doing a good job with Paris police I I think with Hagigi, he has a chance to come back to team Ali eventually I mean I can't see why not he's still he's still young he still has some good years ahead of him the only problem right now is he's, he's not attached he's not signed with the club it's almost you're wondering like what is he doing I mean what, or you know what you, that's the question you know what is he doing does he want to play football I'm sure there are some teams that would like to that would like to sign him up. And we don't know, you know, which which league and which European country. But I think the most important thing for him right now is that he needs to be playing. And, it, and like I said, if, if it's a league that's not really, really well respected, well, right now that shouldn't be his issue. He just needs to get back on the field and start making and making a name for himself again.
0: Peshman, what do you think about this, uh, this current situation with Harry Ghi And Do you think k is really trying to send him a message after his emission from the national team, to to really say, look, you know, you need to go and find yourself a club. Because, yeah, for me, this is ridiculous. You know, a goalkeeper of international calibre uh, without a club for almost five or six months now. Um, what do you think about all this? Uh, it's really embarrassing, and I do agree
2: with you. Uh, it should be a really uh, important message. Uh, a important message from Kairos to uh, Hariri. That no matter how good you are, if you don't play games, you won't be in the national team either. Uh, my question is to Hariri. Uh, how lousy is your uh, uh, staff that is handing these kind of questions? So your agents? I mean, if you aren't able to find any club that wants you for over six months now, uh, that's got to mean something. I don't know what, maybe his expe- expectations are too high, but uh, he should really find a club because uh, he maybe never will return to the national team if
0: the other goalkeepers keep playing good. Moving on to the next topic in the squad. But, um, after the suspension of Sonahoy Safi, we found out that uh, Andranik Temurian is supposedly injured and he won't be in the squad, which gives us as fans uh, something else for a headache. Um, Arash, what do you think about the uh, the lineup for us in central midfield going into the game against Syria? Of course, Andranik wouldn't be involved because of his injury, how Safi suspended, but uh, we've seen the return of Kamalikom Yabiniar, uh, Perkspolis' defensive midfielder, and also uh, Ali Karimov, Dynamo Zagreb, uh, 22-year-old uh, central midfielder. Um, what do you think uh, about this game and the way we'll line up in central midfield?
1: Well, with the suspension of Safi, naturally, I am going to be a little concerned about the left side. He's he's a very he's a good winger. He has a lot of he, he knows the game very well. He's done a good job for Team Elite. <clears throat> but I uh, like when you mentioned you mentioned Kamal Kamjabinia. Kamyab- like you said, he's been doing a good job for Paris Palace. Maybe it's time for him to play defensive midfielder with Saeed Izatulahi. I think that could be that could be one of Kairo's choices as far as his attacking midfielders. I'm sure we'll see Ali Reza Jahanbakhsh in there as long as as well as Ashkan Dejagah. who will probably be wearing the captain's armband. Possibly even, I think it would be tough uh, to, to decide whether it's going to be Shojai or Amiri. I mean, if I'm using a little bit of personal bias, I'd probably say that I'd rather go with Amiri. But it's going to be tough. I, I think that uh, for defensive midfield, Ezatulahi and Kamiabinia sounds, like sounds like a good idea. Or maybe even Caros might even try to play a little more safe on with his defensive midfielders uh, by, you know, of course, still using Ezatulahi, but maybe using Ezatulah Purgaz. I know he's a center back, but he's also played before as a defensive midfielder as well.
0: Pejman, I like the sound of Kamyabinia and Azatolay in central midfield because that really gives us a good combination in defensive midfield. You know, you have a, a player like Azatolay who likes to pass and spread the game. And, and also Kami Abinia who who loves to get to get stuck in. He's a real fighter in the centre of the field. Um, but also we have Omid Abrahimi who's who's been in the squad for the past few games but he's not been involved in the games. Do you think this is a good opportunity for him to return to the to the lineup and really show why he deserves to start uh, in that position? Uh, that's a good question, actually.
2: Um, Ebrahimi, uh, he was uh, he, uh, almost uh, becoming a, a regular when uh, Andranik quits. Well, uh, not sorry, Nikolaj quits, and uh, I thought actually that he would be the the starting player, but then Edin he have been the first choice. Um, for me, I would like to see some experience there and some depth. Uh, so I would actually prefer uh, Ebrahimi before Kamiar Binia. Uh, uh, for me, I think, I don't know, Kamiar Binia, he's one of those players that do really good in the, nat- uh, in the league, uh, especially as a, as a midfielder. But uh, as soon as they play in the national team, they, they choke or they can't uh, be as good as, as we expect them to be uh, in the league. Uh, Ebrahimi, at least, he has some more experience. Uh, he played in the uh, Champions League for a while. He's been in some good clubs as uh, Sepahan and Esselol, uh, uh, although uh, Kamil Abinio uh, have done good in Persepolis. Uh, I would like to see uh, Ebrahimi too, to have some uh, strength and some depth in the, in the midfield uh, before Kamil Abinio.
0: Uh, moving further on uh, on the pitch and going to the striker position of course Osmond being suspended for this game uh, the door is basically wide open for um, Mehdi Taremi, Reza Bouchan Nijada, and Karim Ahansori Fad uh, to start up front um, and to be honest I can make a case for any of the three to start uh, of course Bouchan Najad has had a great season with the Heron Veen in, uh, in the, the uh, in the Dutch in uh, top division and uh, Ansari fad has been performing really well uh, with his club uh, Pani, Pani, Panionios really tough names these Greek names uh, in, the, in the Super League um, what do you think about the about the situation and who are you expecting to start up front for us uh, Pejma? Uh, I think Reza Kochanajad will start
2: in front as a striker but maybe we'll even see yeah, if I on the left or the right side, uh, or maybe just uh, next to uh, For me, it's really hard to predict how uh, Kerosh uh, wants to play and what kind of uh, uh, eleven he, he chooses to to play because uh, what he have done so so greatly in my mind. That uh, the players they know how to play, they have a system, so. Uh, I think uh, a professional player such as Ansar Fad can play in another uh, position and still do that uh, really good. Uh, but with Ouz missing, I think Hochan uh, uh, Najat will play from start. But all of a sudden, it won't surprise me if he will play Taremi because we didn't expect Taremi to play uh, in a couple of games before, but still he did. So we'll see.
0: Personally, I'll be I'll be really disappointed not to see Fad starting. I mean, this is a guy who was criticised for so many years um, for staying in Iran and playing his club football for Persepolis and Tehran Sazi. and now that he's moved to Europe and he's been playing so well, we've seen the rise of Osmun. He's not been been getting his chance, but for me, this is an opportunity for him to start the game and really prove why he deserves to have a shot at the nine, number nine spot. Uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, he should be given the opportunity or we should go with a safer option in Reza Wushan Najad who's, who's uh, been tested there before and he's, uh, he's scored so many goals for us?
1: You know, very good question. I like Ansari Ferd a lot, but the one thing I want to point out about him is that in some ways he's also reminded me a bit of some of those players they do well for their club but they don't really do such a great job for the national team you know in big matches i mean personally i think um it's probably po- i think it's possible that tyrant might start and i would like to see reza guccianejad come off the bench to be that super for carlos carlos because i think fatigue will have a he will play a big factor in this match coming up against syria you know, I
0: I've, I've watch Taremi a lot in the league and he's a fantastic striker. I think his movement is really well, but uh, I feel as if every time I watch him that he really needs someone um, to be playing alongside him so so that he can link up with him and create more space for him. So I don't know if he can lead the line on his own. Um, I wouldn't be disappointed if he starts, But uh, as I said, I think um, Ansar Ifad really has earned his chance to start. and As you mentioned, he's not been play, uh, performing well for the national team every time he does get a chance, but it's usually coming off the bench for the last 10-15 minutes. So I think it'll be good for a change to, to see Ansari Fala starting and to see what uh, he will offer us. Um, Pejman, coming to you, of course, Syria, as we know, the, the current situation back home for them is really tragic and uh, I think for me personally looking at that uh, that has somewhat uh, galvanised them to perform so well in the uh, in the qualifiers as are um, an will draw and they've they've not been really conceding that many goals so how do you think this game will go and um, of course we mentioned that it'll be a really tough game but uh, do you do you really think we will uh, drop points against Syria in Malaysia and how do you think we should approach the game to make sure that uh, we get the three points and uh, return to Iran? Yeah.
2: Uh, first of all, let's not forget uh, Iraq. Uh, during the war in 2004, they became Asian champions and nobody expected that. Although uh, Iraq maybe is a better team than Syria on the paper, it still wasn't uh, uh, thought of as champions. Uh, going back to the game, um I haven't really seen Syria play that much, uh, and what I've seen from them, they play with uh, a lot of hearts, um, uh, and uh, they they do they do really good with what they have. They, their players, all them, of them, play in these this, uh, Arabic uh, leagues uh, in in Asia, uh, and they have like a couple of good players, but they're actually quite a decent team uh, that if they will play. Defensively against Iran, Iran needs to very, very quickly in the game uh, gear up and uh, play a much faster uh, uh, game uh, uh, with a lot of uh, uh, pace. I would like to see uh, more long balls from, from the left and from the right side, uh, maybe even try to do some attacking. But uh, if Iran is supposed to have the ball against Syria, against a defensive Syria, then it's important that the ball will uh, move around fast and the players will, will, will play fast because
0: that's the way to beat Syria in my in my mind. Uh, Ola, uh, I was I'm in a similar situation to to Pejman that I've not really watched too many of their games, but I did catch their under 23s a couple of years ago in the, the um, uh, in the uh, Asian Championships and. Uh, they looked really good. They looked really good. They had one player called Omar Omar Kharebin, who is uh, probably one of the best players in that tournament, and he'll be involved against Iran. He usually plays um, in the front three or behind the striker, and uh, he's a really quick, tricky um, player who has the ability to score goals. But how do you think we should approach uh, this game tactically and also mentally as well? Uh, because uh, Syria have nothing to lose, uh, they know they wouldn't qualify for the World Cup. Uh, but at the same time, they've got a lot to fight for. They've got a lot of reason to fight and uh, get a result. So it definitely won't be an easy game for us. Uh, uh, how do you think we should approach this game?
1: I think uh, Team LA needs to approach the game just by doing what they're by doing what they've been doing. I know that, that could sound like a very easy answer because you know, but the thing is we've seen team LA be inconsistent at times. So it's tough. It's a tough one to answer, but I think overall they just gotta, they gotta play the way they've been playing. I think it's, it, it could be a little tricky. I think, the, I think we're going to see what happens. I think uh, what happens in the very early parts of the game is going to decide the rest of the match, because we got to see if, if he runs in to come out and guns blazing, trying to score early, or are they going to try, you know, are they going to try and control the ball and sit back a bit and, you know, Kind of see where the game goes from there. I think that a team like Syria, they're probably going to park the bus. They've only, they, you mentioned earlier, that they haven't conceded a lot of goals. They've only, they've only conceded two, but they've only scored one. So, so clearly they're that, they're that type of team that that can frustrate you. And like I said, they'll probably park the bus. They'll be looking to capitalize on a mistake by Team Lee And so the whole point here with the, with Iran is that they need that they need to be on their game. They need to make sure that they're playing smart and that they don't. They don't take any big risks very early on. Just before we wrap up the podcast,
0: uh, I'd like to know your predictions uh, for this game. Uh, um, for me, I think we'll win the game, uh, I'd say 2-0. But I'm not really uh, very good at predicting games. Uh, like I'm hoping this time will be different. Uh, Pejman, what do you think? What, what result do you think uh, we'll get on Tuesday?
2: Can I have three predictions? <laughs> um, because I think it will either be a a, a a draw, kind of like the China game, or Iran will barely score a goal and keep it 1-0, or it will be like this master killing, and it will be 6 nothing to
0: Iran. So that's my predictions. A lot of variety in there. Uh, Arash, what do you think?
1: Well, I'm not going to have as much variety because I think there's only two possible results for this match, and I think it could be one of those frustrating draws that we experienced with Iran had at China. Obviously, it's a match we don't want to talk about very much. But I could only—I think, like I said, only two possible outcomes. I think you'll see possibly one of those frustrating draws, or maybe Iran gets a goal of maybe on a set piece, and they just you know gut it out and defend hard and just find you know find a way to hold on to those three points. You know, maybe we'll be. Maybe some of our nails will be, maybe maybe we'll be biting our nails a bit, maybe I'll be pacing around a bit, but that's what Team LE is We're pretty much used to that. It's a routine with Team LE.
0: Definitely. Guys, thank you very much for your contributions, but just before we leave, um, as I mentioned, we've received a few questions on, on Twitter, and uh, we'll just go through them. Pejman, um, I'll come to you with this one. Uh, PGC1937, he's asked, uh, at think we can breathe easy about, qualifi- about our qualification chances? Sorry, can you repeat the question? Uh, he's asking at what say you think we can breathe easily about our qualification chances. Uh, very last game. Really? So you that. don't think a game uh, in one of the upcoming games, if we win them, then we can say you know, we're 90% through?
2: Uh, no, because I think South Korea and Iran will be really, really uh, close to each other. And the third team fighting, uh, either Uzbekistan or maybe Qatar, uh, will be just three points behind making it like a goal different story if uh, if Iran won't uh, be the first team. Uh, so it, I, I won't be, be settled at all.
1: Arash, what do you think? You know, I gotta go with a very similar answer, to uh, Pejman. Like but I, I'm also well. I also want to say, you know, of course, you don't want you don't want to just go back to past games. I'm sorry, I don't like to do this a lot, but I feel like if Iran, you know, had Iran defeated China in China, and then they're getting ready to, and, and of course, maybe find a way to get a victory against Syria. I'd say may, maybe you could kind of breathe easy, uh, easily a little bit for the moment after the first set of games against uh, after playing each team one time. You know, um, after basically, basically after five matches, but it's you know, what can I say? After watching Team Le for a long time, I don't think you can breathe easily. You know, just be just when you're feeling, just when you're feeling like everything is going smooth. Because a lot of change in football, there's many opportunities to get points, but that also means there's lots of opportunities to drop points as well. And and in this group, I don't think, like we said, like I've said before, I don't think you're going to find any easy matches in this group. Definitely, and. The
0: last question comes from Shervin and he's asking, what do you think the most benefiting result for us is in the South Korea against Uzbekistan match? And uh, Uzbekistan and South Korea were playing a couple of hours before us on Tuesday, a very important game that uh, since Uzbekistan is only one point behind us and and South Korea three points behind us. Uh, Arash, what what would be your ideal result uh, in that
1: game? You know... Once another good question. My my first instinct naturally is to always say, "Let's not worry about the result between those two teams in that match because, you know, us Team Lee fans. I know we're not the ones on the field, but I like having the mindset where us Team Lee fans, you know, only care and focus about what Iran does when they play. But you, you know, but of course, you mentioned Uzbekistan has nine points, South Korea has seven. You know what? When I look at the standings, I feel like I don't know how to really answer that question. I don't know what would be the which result would be most beneficial. I think a lot of people might say that, you know, both of them, uh, you know, sharing the spoils, a point for each, may would probably be beneficial for Iran. Considering, you know, if they beat Syria, I think a draw between Uzbekistan and South Korea would be most beneficial.
0: Peshman, I completely agree with Arash in the sense that. Uh... We shouldn't worry about the result of other matches. We should just concentrate on ours and win our game first. But if I'd probably had to uh, pick a result, that would be uh, the real, the, the ideal result for us. It would be a draw. But uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts about uh, about the important game between South Korea and Uzbekistan?
2: Uh, yeah, well, uh, if I want to choose a winner, uh, my instinct would go with South Korea. Because I think South Korea, in the long run, would be a uh, more difficult contender for Iran than Uzbekistan, which means that Iran and South Korea would keep continue winning their games and uh, not letting other teams getting their, uh, getting uh, results.
0: But uh, if you if, just before you finish, if if Uzbekistan win their game against South Korea. The South and, and providing that we win against Syria. South Korea would be six points behind us Don't you think that would be a, a better result for us in the standings that we'd only have to worry about Uzbekistan? Exactly, that, that, that
2: was my point, but uh, like if you, uh, My other point that if you look at the standings now, you would cheer for Uzbekistan but that means if Iran and Uzbekistan would win they will uh, uh, have a wider gap to South Korea, but to be honest, I'm more worried about South Korea than Uzbekistan, uh, because I think in the long run, South Korea will get their uh, uh, get their shit together, sorry for, for the language, uh, <laughs> and uh, manage to go to the World Cup such as they always do. And Uzbekistan, they have been so close so many times, uh, this will be a new joke for them. I personally would love to see Uzbekistan in the World Cup. i like to see new teams in the World Cup, but uh, I think South Korea... Uh, with all the talent in that team, uh, will still
0: be uh, the one finishing above Uzbekistan. Interesting points there. Thank you very much, guys, Pejman and Arash, for your contributions uh, to this uh, episode. Um, and thank you very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back after the uh, after the game against Syria, which is on Tuesday at 12pm Central European time. Am I right, Pijmon, or is it 1 o'clock Central European time? It's 1 o'clock Central European time. Right, thank you for correcting me. Um, Of course, we'll all be watching the game and hoping that Iran uh, returns to Tehran with the precious three points. Uh, But uh, we'll be back to discuss and analyse the game. Until then, thank you for listening and goodbye.